Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, everybody. Good morning. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. And as such, we will be talking this morning about men, power, and sex. And I'm not thrilled to actually have this conversation. This is not something that I'm actually looking forward to talking about. This is not something that I find myself want to talk about because it's disturbing. Men, power, and sex in the sense that when someone accuses someone of rape, that's a very serious thing. So this morning, I want to talk about men, power, and sex, and why does it seem like powerful men get caught up in sex scandals? Is power and sex a drug? Is money, power, and sex a drug for powerful men? So I want to hear from you guys. If you feel like you want to call in and talk about it, the number is 516-387-1463. Feel free to provide us with some feedback and let us know what you're thinking. I know my brother is listening, so I'm going to try to be as sisterly as possible because he does say sis. You know how brothers can be, right? Yeah. He's very encouraging and so on, but he will just say sis, and I don't want my brother at any time to feel like he has to say sis, right? Yeah. And my children listen, my daughters listen, but you know how daughters can be. They're going to, they're going to support you, but they're also the kind of children who will say, nah, no mom, (laughs) that was not on. But as I was watching the news break overnight about Matt Lauer, the former NBC anchor who has been accused of rape in a new book, and as I, as I, the story unfolded, it, you know, it's sort of like, oh, it's an old story from 2017. You know, they've beaten that one to the curb and so on. But when I read it, I was, I was very appalled. And it raised some significant questions that I think we need to discuss because it, it raised some serious issues, not just about men, but about women and our conduct when we go out with men when we're in a group with other men whom we are not intimately connected to, with men whom we don't have a pre-existing relationship with. It raises some real questions. And I think in this day and age, if we really want to talk about relationships openly, and if we really want to talk about how do we prevent sexual assault, how do we prevent rape, this is a frank, we need to have this frank conversation too about us and our conduct, about women and our conduct. And what do we do? I have children. I have two daughters. I have nieces as well. And from time to time, I do tell them, I'm going to tell you what I tell my girls. Uh, Nobody can control the conduct of people. People feel like they can do whatever, but at the same time, you don't place yourself in jeopardy. Do you see what I'm saying? So you yourself, in order to keep yourself safe, you have to place yourself, you have to take measures to ensure that you maintain your safety. Your safety is paramount. And I think somewhere in this conversation about me too and and so on, we're forgetting that variable. And I want to talk about it because I'm going to ask you guys some questions. Most of you who are my listeners and 
most of you who are my viewers who join in, for those of you who are watching, some are streaming us, uh, we do have this conversation, right? We do have the, the we do have this conversation. So I want to talk about it. Man power and sex. I tell everybody, this is just the craziest thing. It's one of the things I've heard that is absolutely shocking. It's not just what you see, the blurb that you saw on the news. You have to actually read it to get the substantive story behind it. Just crazy things. I want to do a couple of things first. Remember to download Apple Podcasts. Apple Podcasts comes with your iPhone, but on in Google, on your Android phones, it doesn't. On your Android phones, you literally have to download Google Podcasts, right? So go in your Google Play Store, look for Google Podcasts, download it, and subscribe to my channel. It's Down to Earth with Harriet Kamek. Make sure you download and subscribe and listen to our other shows. We do know that you're listening. Thank you for your support. If you have already done so, continue to listen. We talk about a variety of issues that impact all of us in our daily lives. We encourage and motivate and inspire. Yes, we do all of that. So we are a fresh new sound on the airwaves, right? So we've been doing podcasting for some time now. It goes back over 10 years. So we're still on Blog Talk Radio, <laughs> as well as I would, I dare say they're the pioneers in uh podcasting uh it was a new idea people couldn't even believe it back then but we're still here so make sure that you tune in to us we're on anchor fm spotify apple google overcast uh radio public we're on a variety of 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 podcast platforms so make sure you tune in right so this story that's circling circulating in our daily news feed in our news feed (laughs) since this morning uh, about Matt Lahr, that's the rape allegation that has surfaced about Matt Lahr. And I believe there's a statute of limitations on rape, but the rape did not occur in the United States. So it's not something that's prosecutable because it's, it didn't occur here in the U.S. It occurred in another country and there was no police report filed in that country. So you can't, you can't prosecute something that didn't happen here right? So she could bring a civil suit against him, but not a criminal suit. But still, the allegation, though, does raise the specter of questions. And that question I'm asking is, is is power and sex a drug for powerful men? And I I pause there because I know you're going to nod and say yes, right? But as I read the story, a couple of things came to mind. Mike Springer is on uh, my YouTube channel. Mike, chime in just a little bit. I want a man's perspective on this. I want to hear what you guys think because I'm going to, I'm a woman, so I can't think like a man, right? So I don't know what it is like to be a man, to walk around in a man's body with a man's mindset and to think like a man. So bear with me as I try to navigate this and try to see. So my perspective is always going to look like it and sound like it comes from a woman. So help me, you guys, to understand this. I really want you to chime in. Help me to understand what does it feel like as a man? Here's the thing. The woman who is accusing Matt Lauer of rape, and I suppose most of you guys are probably wondering now, if you worked with someone before, are they likely to come forward now and say you raped them? I know most of you are like, oh, my God, oh, my God, that girl didn't like how the relationship ended. Is she likely to come back and scream rape? Because that's where this sounds like it's going. 
And here's why I say that. Because the woman in the story says that after that rape, she consented and had uh, other sexual encounters with the man she's accusing of raping her. So then, was it rape? Because in rape, rape is forcible, violent, sexual contact. Nobody has sex with their rapist and has a sexual relationship with their rapist and consents to it. That's a different thing. She admits to, if you read the story on Variety, she admits to, it's a new book that's coming out written by a guy named Ronan Farrow, the same guy who wrote the story about Harvey Weinstein that started the Me Too movement. Uh, he first brought the story to NBC, Ronan Farrow, because he worked for NBC. And NBC did not want to publish a story on Harvey Weinstein, obviously, because Harvey Weinstein was part of the power club, right? So they weren't going to publish a story. So he took the story to the New Yorker magazine instead, who published the story without fear or favor, published it. And it is alleged that Harvey Weinstein hired a group, an investigative firm called Black Cube, and we're all looking at each other like these things are not conspiracy theories. These things actually do exist in certain circles. It's an investigative firm. And they uh, persecuted this reporter, Ronan Farrow, and tried to shut him up and to dissuade him from publishing the story against Weinstein. But he did anyway, which caused this explosive uh, Me Too uh, movement that just kept going and going and going, Right. So he also, the same guy, Ronan Farrow, was at NBC when the story about Matt Lauer first surfaced there. According to the woman who has now come forward to say she's the person, this incident happened at the uh, Winter Olympics in Russia in 2014, right? This is why I tell you all, do not envy anybody for what they have, because while Matt Lauer was on TV, and you all men probably sat there and said, look at him. You know, I wish I could be like Matt Lauer. He's good looking. He's powerful. He has all the money. He gets all the perks of the job. And you all probably were sitting there not knowing that the night before he raped, he anal sex, he anally raped someone. Don't envy anybody for what they have, right? That's a, that's a good lesson because you don't know what they did to get it. Because there he is ostensibly, you know, purporting to be an outstanding member of the community. He's married. He has children. He reports the news, calling other people out. And at the same time, he just raped his, his colleague upstairs the night before. Come on now. Hmm, reprehensible behavior. But so this happened in Russia in 2014. According to what the woman said, they were all hanging out at a bar. We're going to talk about that later. And they were, they all had drinks. She said she had six shots of vodka. Six shots of vodka. Uh, Matt Lauer took her press pass and then called her to tell her he had her press pass. So she had to go to his room for it. Is that not a setup? But she said she was too drunk. So she went to his room, got her press pass. Then he invited her back. What she's actually saying is that because he was in a powerful position to her, she had to comply with his wishes. So if he invited her to go to his room, she had to to keep her job. That's the power, right? So she went back to his room because he invited her. When she went back, he had on his T-shirt and a boxer. Uh-huh. He was ready for action, wasn't he? Yep. 
He had his T-shirt and boxes on, pushed her on the bed, and flipped her over and forcibly anally raped her without. She said at this point she was crying and she kept saying no, and then she stopped saying no. And it describes in detail what happened, you know. After that, she left the room and she bled for days when they got back to the States. She told someone, uh, she told one of the other people there. Three years later, this happened in 2014. Three years later, so she was a producer. Imagine being raped by your boss the night before and the next morning you have to still work for it. The next uh, three years later, she told Meredith Vieira, who told her to get a lawyer, and she went to NBC executives, detailed the story. But she did talk about it to other people. So she said it was not known. It was not unknown. In fact, they even made fun of her in group meetings and, you know, in group meetings when they had to discuss how they were going to, you know, deal with it's, it's work. It's a work environment. Imagine that. Three years later, when she told Meredith Vieira, Meredith Vieira said, get a lawyer and go to NBC HR. And that's when Matt Lauer was fired. In the intervening three years, though, she still, she said she initiated sexual contact with Matt Lauer. She said she's not proud of it, but she initiated it. So, so you guys are saying, so was it rape then? Well, at the time this incident happened, it was rape. But why would you choose to pursue a sexual relationship with a person who sexually assaulted you. That's very troubling. That's troubling for me. And it casts aspersions on the credibility of the witness, the credibility of the story as to did it, was it really rape? Do you see what I'm saying? I consent. Now, she says that force, it was rape because it was forced was rape. And, uh, and to be truthful, everybody, rape victims rarely ever come forward. Okay? We know that. Because many of you, if you were to go, and I'm talking to men right now, if, if one of you, if any of you were to ask your sisters or your girlfriends or your ex-girlfriends or your female friends, your mom, your aunts, right, your nieces, and God forbid your daughters, if they have ever been sexually assaulted, and sexual assault is consent, sexual assault, sex touching, kissing, grabbing, pulling without their consent, you would be appalled at the answers that you would get. You'd be shocked to find out that people will say, how many of your female relatives would tell you that so-and-so? You'd be shocked. You perhaps would find yourself uh, strapping your guns and, and, and arming yourselves with your AR-15 ready to, you know, go do something because you're going to be shocked at even who they tell. And I suggest that you ask just so that you will have some uh, uh, a basis to know that when women like myself talk about this, that we're not way out in, in, in red field, in left field somewhere. I suggest that you go and ask your female relatives your daughters, your nieces, your aunts, your sisters, your girlfriends, your wife, your ex-wife, right? Your ex-girlfriend, somebody whom you knew in high school, whom you're still friends with, a female friend, pick up the phone, text them and ask them. 
or you're in a group, just hug them and ask them, just tell them, just say to them, I'm your uncle, I'm your brother, I'm your friend, I'm your ex. Just tell me if anybody, if this ever happened to you, you are going to be shocked. Because you're not going to believe what women will tell you about how common and pervasive sexual assault is. You're even going to be shocked when people after 10 years will come and tell you that they were raped and gang raped in college. Sexual assault is very common, right? I have folks who listen to me, so I can't tell their story, right? But it is not uncommon for people to come forward years later and tell you they were gang raped in college. Okay, I can't go into details because you might just be listening, right? But here is the thing. The question I want to ask is this. When is it consensual and when is it rape? Because this woman says that he forcibly raped her in Sochi, Russia. So that's a whole other country. There was no police report filed, so there's no credible uh, basis for us to believe what she says. It becomes he says, she says. And whose story are we going to believe? Are we going to believe hers or his? Now, within the context that she said this happened, she had had six shots of vodka. So she was in no position to give consent. So I just want to say this to all women everywhere. Would you all just stop drinking, getting stone cold drunk around men you are not intimately involved with for the love of God? Could we stop that? So many times we place ourselves in abject danger when you insist on getting stone cold drunk in a bar that you don't know where you are, you don't know yourself, you don't know if you're coming, going, and then you have to rely on other people to take you home. Why would you give up the power and control of yourself to others, and then you wake up the next morning and you don't know what happened. That's what happened to this woman. And in so many other cases, it's what happened. Tomorrow we're going to talk about a story about a bridesmaid who was raped by the groom the night before the wedding. She too was stone cold drunk. In this story, the woman says she was so drunk she had to be walked. Right? So she had... Yes, she was drunk, so she had no ability to provide consent. But why? So when you're having, guys, when you're having the conversation with your daughters, your nieces, your female friends, I need you to tell them, do not, when you're out in public and you're out publicly with others socializing, do not drink until you're stone cold drunk. It just does not make any sense because inevitably it leads to what? Impaired senses. Impaired driving, definitely. And you have no control over what happens. You don't know because you are not in control. Somebody else has to hold you up. There was a story, I think it was earlier in the spring, of a young woman who left a bar at 2 a.m. And she ended up on the wrong side of the the highway. She took the wrong ramp, ended up on the wrong side of the highway, and in a head-on collision, killed a wife and a child. A whole a family were in a car driving to Michigan. She killed the wife and the daughter and left the man and his son, who was, the man even had a heart attack the other day, still trying to recover from the death of his family. He was the coach at uh, a college in, in Milwaukee. Can you believe this? That's how dangerous it is to get so stone cold drunk 
you don't even know where you are. And, and this is the part of the Me Too movement where perhaps I digress just a little bit because I'm looking at it objectively as a woman. And I'm looking at it also as I don't drink because I refuse to get drunk where I don't know myself. If I'm going to get drunk, baby, I'm doing it in my own home. I'm probably going to stay in my bedroom so I don't have to walk up and down the stairs, right? But I'm definitely not going to do it in a public space where I'm not able to control myself. I'm going to get so drunk that I can't control myself, that I don't know if I'm here, there, or anywhere, and I have to rely on others. In an era when we, ladies, why? In an era when we are so aware, and I know I'm not going to be popular and you're going to, she just doesn't like having fun. Well, you're in your 20s, so you don't know danger. Wait until you get to 30s and 40s and enough experience has landed on you. Then you will begin to say, it is not responsible of me to place myself in danger. It's the same thing I say when I see, I tell, when my daughter went to college, I told her, don't walk in groups. Don't walk at night. Don't walk in alleys at night. Stay on the phone with someone while you're going about what you have to do because sometimes it was unavoidable right? Especially during the winter months when the sun sets early and it's dark, I would tell her, stay on the phone so that if anything happens, you could hear. Sometimes it was unavoidable. To be honest with you, I I think I held my breath the entire time she was in college and law school until she got home. I, I probably finally relaxed. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep well. I was up all night wondering because I know how dangerous the world can be. And I also know how young people tend to disregard, right, tend to disregard the advice coming from their parents and the social groups around them. And I know if you go on campus and so on, you know, they're probably going to tell other young people, oh, do what you want. You're in college. You only get to live once. So do what you want. That might sound good on paper. But to live it out is entirely something else. Because what you learn quickly is that there are consequences for your actions. And that you can end up with stuff like minor possession. But anybody tells their kids about that? No, you tell them to have fun. You don't tell them about the consequences of having fun. But in th- this is a serious rape allegation because this is a case of rape. She says that he forced her. It was a violent sexual encounter. And it made her bleed. That is serious. It was non-consensual. Now, I have to tell it like I read it. It is said in the context that she did initiate sexual contact with him after this rape occurred when they returned to the United States. So is this rape? Is it really rape? Right? And I, I, I wanted to kind of talk about what six do you see how we have to be really careful because now six shots of vodka resulted in rape so you are young you're beautiful you feel powerful because you're surrounded by a lot of powerful people and you feel flattered that all these powerful people are admiring you and you feel flattered to be in their company and so they egg you on and say drink 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 you know and you keep just keep drinking because you think you can handle it. So if they told you to smoke dope, smoke uh, whatever you do it, if they told you to sniff, would, would you do it too? Where is, where is your own sense of danger, right? 
Now, this is it. Matt Lauer, just to know, he no longer works for NBC. It's an allegation of rape, but it didn't happen in this country. So there is no. Uh, but now it makes men wonder. It makes, should make all men wonder. The women you have had sexual encounters with, can any of them come back and say you, they, you raped them? No, you have to examine your sexual relationships and govern yourselves accordingly. So now, as, 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 with, as for men, you can't just have sex with women randomly anymore because you don't know, especially women who, who are subordinate to you, and even your neighbor, your, you know, your, your, your wife's friend, you govern yourself in such a way that you are never alone in a room so that anybody can't say you touch them inappropriately or whatever. You don't know what people can say, right? You, so now you have to, you're forced now to be aware of, uh, to aware of your circumstances and to be compliant with traditions now and with prevailing current traditions which say that as a man you have to govern yourself according to the now standards of the society which dictates that you should not be alone and you should make sure you obtain consent prior to engaging with a woman sexually because you just never know if it will not come back as rape or an allegation of rape so for all you touchy-feely men some of you know you know them. You have friends who are. Some of you won't even allow some of these people to come around your daughters or nieces or your wife or girlfriend. Some of you are. You know who they are. They're kind of touchy feely. They like touching and rubbing up against people and grabbing and eyeing. You know, be careful of those people. Those are the ones who will get an allegation of rape because they don't have boundaries. They think that women's bodies are just available to them, and if they feel like touching then they should be able to do so. And that's not a good fit at any day or time. It's never a good fit, right? But what do you think? Do you think this was rape? I mean, she had six shots of vodka. Now, she was powerless, right? She was rendered inoperable and powerless by her uh, inducement of vodka, right? So she imbibed enough alcohol that she was powerless. So that clearly you would admit that that, that clearly it's rape. But why on God's green earth did she have, continue to have sex with him afterwards? In some cases, even in front of others, she initiated sexual contact. Now, you guys know, you're men, you know, women initiate sexual contact. Do you always say yes? I don't know. You're a guy. I don't know what men do. I don't know how to think. I I don't know how men think when it comes to that. I don't know. Right? But suffice it to say that you now have to govern yourself more uh, auspiciously and circumspectly because anyone can come back and say anything. Now, she's alleging, though, that there was a power hierarchy. And in the hierarchy of their power structure, he had the power. So if he told her to come to his room she felt that her job was on the line. She had to comply. Nobody's going to argue with that because these things do happen. When you don't do what powerful people say, they have a way of what? Distancing you and turning it down because their egos get in the way, right? We all know that. So that's, that part of it is not true. That part of it is not untrue. But the rest of it, the initiating of sexual contact after that, 
she says that it was purely transactional. She did it so she could keep her job. No one, no woman can ever not. I read a story some time ago about a woman who was married and her boss took advantage of the fact that her husband wasn't working. He knew her husband wasn't working and she had to work to support the family and, and to provide the health insurance. And the, 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 the boss would not stop forcing her into a sexual relationship. She had to comply so, just so that she could keep her job. And she felt she eventually had to leave the job. She came clean and told her husband. And she had to leave why she left the job because of what was going on. She couldn't deal with it anymore. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh, and this is why I say all of us, we need, you need to have this conversation with the women around you. If you find that your wife cringes when she has to go to work, or if you find that a, a boss, a male authority figure where she works is always trying to in, initiate contact with her. He calls her after hours, reminding her to do something, right? Or text her after hours. You need to start watching that. And no, it, 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 to her, it, depending on how she reacts, she's probably going to freak because she's aware that something is wrong with it and she's trying to deal with it. But it's the way in which you approach it gently. One guy I know said that he was in bed with his wife one night and her boss called her after 10 to discuss his travel arrangements for the next day to ask because she was his admin, administrative assistant, to ask if she were she had made secured his travel arrangements at a hotel while he was in bed with his wife. He said he listened. And he said the next day he got the man's uh, email and emailed him and told him he was going to have his wife sue him for sexual harassment if he contacted her again. The man fired the wife and paid her a good severance. Yeah, because he saw a lawsuit coming. But he said that was this, he, he knew as a man that where that was going to lead was eventually she wouldn't have a choice but to do what he said. And he said, as a man, this was my wife. I couldn't lay in bed as a man hearing my wife talking to her male boss at, late at, you know, after work is done to talk about something that clearly could have waited until the next day. This is why I'm saying it's time for us to have these open conversations with our spouses. Ask questions. And, and ladies, ask your boyfriends and your husbands because they could be sexually uh, assaulted at work. The man doesn't mean that other men don't grope or slap his butt. He's a man doesn't mean that other men don't look him up and down and say, what you doing? What you have on? What do you wear? What kind of cologne do you wear? It might make him feel uncomfortable that some guy's asking him. And what about a female superior who always wants him to stay late, who always tries to sell her jacket or her top or something around him, who is always trying to invite him to come and do extra work around and so on. Ask, all of us need to ask these questions. And men, if you're in a powerful position with other, uh, with women, govern yourselves accordingly, right? Make sure if, if you find that you are in a powerful position, Right? Men, if you find that you're in a powerful position with other with women, make sure you govern yourself accordingly. Don't just make assumptions. For instance, if you're a guy, you own the company or you are in charge, 
and there is a female there, whether she's married or not, has nothing to do with the issue. You make sure you are never alone with her because it's going to be your word against her. Make sure you're never alone with her. Make sure there's always a witness. Make sure the security cameras are always on. And when you're talking to her, you look up at the darn cameras. Matter of fact, gentlemen, when you're communicating with women whom you are not sexually involved with, women who you are not physically related to, keep it what? Remember the neck rule. Don't look below the chin. Her face is where? Here. This is where her face stops. Look, face level. What did I say? Don't look below the chin. Face level. Face level. So she can never say, well, I was talking to him and he was eyeing me off or, you know, he looked at me. He didn't smile when I walked in the room this morning. I'm not saying you're not to smile, but if you're smiling, it's because you're talking about the weather. You're not smiling because you're looking in her face admiringly. Your ego does not need to write that check that your body cannot cash. Because they should, especially if she has nothing to lose, you have everything to lose. You have your reputation, you have your business, you have your name going forward. You have everything to lose. You cannot afford to do that. Sometimes power becomes a drug for men. And in their pursuit of power and in their execution of their power plays, they forget how culpable they become. So they think they can do anything to anybody and get away with it. That's what Laura was thinking. He was in Russia. There, She's not going to call the police. It happened in Russia. It is going to be her word against his forever and a day. It can disgrace him. He has enough money. At the time, he was thinking how powerful he was. It was an exclusive club at NBC. All powerful men who gather in a room and, <laughs> and make fun of other people. He knew the game. He knew how it is played. And that is when I say that it becomes a drug because the power, the money becomes a drug and sex is just a commodity. Sex is a way of getting off on the feel of power that men experience. So he, even if the woman had gone and complained to anybody, what what was the worst they were going to do? They weren't going to fire him because they're all men. But then came the Me Too movement. And they fired him in the wake of that because NBC can't afford to look bad as a company, that it is a company that continues to perpetuate and perpetrate sexual harassment. They want to seem like they're responsible because advertisers will pull their money because nobody wants little girl and little boy watching to think that that's what you do. Nobody wants to be associated with that. Not today, not in today's world. Those days are over, right? And people need to be conscious of what they're doing. We both have a stake in this. Both men and women, we have a stake in this. Ladies, when you go to a bar, you are in a public place. Stop getting drunk. Stop getting into the wrong Ubers, the wrong Lyft. Stop doing it. Stop getting drunk. You are 20-something. That, that does not mean you have the right to be stupid. That is being stupid. Flat out, that's what it is. Stop getting so drunk that somebody has to escort you to your car. Stop getting so drunk somebody has to walk you to your dorm room. Stop getting so drunk that it takes someone else to walk you to your bedroom. Stop it. It is irresponsible of you to place yourself in danger. How much do you value yourself? You are a commodity. Yes, you are your own commodity. Yes, you are commodified. Of course you are. You are your own commodity. 
your body you need your body to exist in your body to walk with your body to sell your product or whatever it is you're doing your skill set in order to make a living why are you putting yourself in danger that's the story that really is the crux of the issue and if some guy sexually assaulted you and raped you do not initiate sexual contact with him because now it negates your claim does it, is your claim even valid because who in their right mind, ha- continues to have consensual sex. Not sex where you accuse him, where he continues to forcibly rape you. Not sex where he continues to perpetuate his power on you, but that you initiate sexual contact. And now what are other people going to say? Oh, you were just trying to assume control over it. No, we need to bring this into context and make sure that the true cases of rape where rape occurs because one person felt they have more power than others. We want those true cases to emerge, not something where you had an, and then you have regrets after you had six shots of vodka. So you didn't get what you wanted. Maybe he was supposed to leave his wife and come to you and maybe give you executive producer position. And you didn't get that because that was the kind of pillow talk that happened. And then you found out that that's not really how it works. So now you're going to kiss and tell. And you all men are just as guilty because power becomes a drug for you. No matter where you are, it, you, you don't need to be Matt Lauer to feel powerful. You can be a supervisor in an Amazon warehouse and you feel powerful. And there is some girl in there whom you just set your sights on. And because you're the supervisor who determines whether she gets that $15 an hour to keep paying her rent so she stays independent, you're going to take advantage of your position. So the power becomes a drug and you use that drug unwittingly, unknowingly, on unsuspecting individuals. Women, let the cases of rape and sexual assault be clear so that when we go to court, when these things present themselves, there is no specter, no complicity on our part so that we can get that justice can be done so we get what we want, which is not just awareness of sexual assault and rape, but we actually obtain justice for sexual violation. Let's let's just be clear about that. And for the love of God, all you young women who are in college and you're going on and you think it's my right to have fun, have your rights to have fun when there are a group of women around you and you're in your dorm room and you're safe. You can't go to a frat party and drink yourself drunk, surrounded by a group of males filled with hormones and testosterone and think that's going to end good? Do you think that after that is over, the trauma that you will endure for the rest of your life that will come from that one encounter is not worth those six shots of vodka? It's not worth your name being sprawled across and you become a hashtag. No, it's not worth it. It is not worth it. You want to have fun? Get a group of girlfriends together. You're in your dorm room or theirs. Have six shots of vodka, six ways to Sunday, and hey, ho, it's just all of you in that room. But if you're going to be in a space where there are other people and people who are likely to take advantage, you don't know who it is. Look at it this way. Tomorrow we're going to do a story about a man who was the groom and he raped the bridesmaid. For God's sake, he was going to get married to the bride and she was the bridesmaid and he still did it anyway. For God's sake, Matt Lauer had the nerve after he raped that woman, his colleague, his subordinate, after he raped her, 
he came on television before us the next day and had the nerve to talk about Russia, had the nerve to talk about sports in Russia and act like he was an upstanding man of the community. That is power. That is the smug look that says, I am powerful. I can do whatever I want to whomever I want. And yes, America, I'm looking in your eyes and doing it, and you can't do nothing about it. And then I'm going to give you the most beautiful smile. And you're going to smile right back at me, and the ratings are going to go up, knowing that I just ruined someone's life permanently. But I'm still going to get paid, because believe me, when he left NBC, he got his money. It was written in the contract. They fired him, so they had to pay him up. He got his money. He didn't walk out of NBC broke. He got his money. Okay? <laughs> That's the power. So then, what have we come to? I made some notes about this. And I made some uh, notes about this, and I wanted to bring them up. What are transactional relationships, right? And what I have found is that people today like to say it was just a transaction. Was it really? I want to know, where do you think when a, a man and a woman come together sexually and you exchange money, that's a transaction? If you really think that because you exchange money or services, that that negates a relationship that is formed, think again. The emotions are still entwined. You still have to think about it. If you have to think about it, you're already on the hook. Because you have to think about planning it and executing it. You're already on the hook. That's a relationship. Uh, some years ago, a, a sex worker told me that she had regular clients. I nearly fell off my chair. Seriously, I was sitting in a couch. I, I was like, huh? She said she had regulars. They would come to her like before Thanksgiving, before, you know, a family event. They would come to her after work. One of them had a fetish where he just wanted to touch her breast all the time. He just wanted her to sit on his lap so he could touch her breast. And he would talk, talk, talk. She, she was like a counselor. She, he would talk, 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 talk. And I was like, huh? But I thought you said it was, it was purely transactional. I said, but if he's talking to you, that's a relationship. And she's like, no, it's a transaction. I said, no, 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 no. That's a relationship. I said, in his mind, the sex was just a conduit to getting to your affection. He had a relationship. Do you see what I'm saying? So tomorrow, the, the next day, we're going to talk about transactional relationships. You may want to tune in for that one. You want to hear that story, right? And I know many of you are, are, are just, you're just listening and you're like, what's up? But I, I, I am of the opinion that we're not paying as much attention as we should, right? We're, 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 we're suddenly, and this is what I don't like about drugs or drinking, because I feel like if at any time your senses are impaired, then you're not in control of your being or of your mind, then someone else is. Well, who is that? Is that someone whom you can trust? Is that someone whom you can literally say they have, you've given yourself or given your power over? to the control of someone. Yeah, I get this young lady's claim that she felt like she had to comply because it was in the execution of her job because he was in a power structure. I am still stuck at the part where you had six shots of vodka 
in a foreign country, in a space, even if you were right here in Manhattan, you're in a space where you're not in control of the situation around you because you're so drunk, you don't know where you are? No way. No, you have some accountability. Deal with yourself. As you get older, you have to ask yourself a question. As you get older, it's going to bother you. Deal with yourself. I am never going to excuse this. And this is the thing. It clouds the issue of rape and sexual assault. Because now women who are really raped, guess what? They're not going to come forward. They're not, no. Because they're like, what's the point in coming forward? Nobody's going to believe me. Anyway. So the trauma the emotional trauma that they live with as a result of the physical sexual violence, they have to live with that for the rest of their lives. And their lives are damned because now they have to go through therapy to extricate themselves from that trauma. And we may never hear those. They may never be reported. So there's never any justice. Whereas these controversial issues surrounded because all that is swirling around People are like, oh, my God, that was a crime that took place. She had six shots of vodka. So you can just hear that today's show host went crazy this morning about it because they're looking for sound bites, and it's newsworthy, and it's their way of getting back at powerful men. But what you are not holding that person accountable to is the six shots of vodka. Talk about that part of it. The six shots of vodka. And some of you are listening to me, and you're like, well, Harriet, my daughter was raped. And I feel for you, yes. But let me ask you this. If your daughter was raped, I hope she goes to counseling. I hope that never happens or is never visited on any of us as females. But we still, and that is the problem. Because you can't talk about it because it's clouded by this issue where this woman felt like she was, you know, whatever. Girls and guys, come on. This Men do get raped too. Boys do get raped. And men do get raped. We know that. Men don't talk about it. They're never going to come forward and tell you how they felt when another power, when a man, another man who is more powerful than they touched them inappropriately, grabbed at them, or insinuated that if they don't comply, they won't keep a job or they won't show up. You know, they won't get anything done. Happens all the time. Sometimes these things are even conveyed in, in job interviews. It's implied and implicit. The true perpetrators sometimes hide behind a cloud and a veil of what? Goodwill and do will and do good, right? The do goody person, right? I'm such an upstanding member of the community. You can never, ever say such things about me. Those are the people you have to watch. But I think all of us have to govern ourselves according to the norms and traditions of the day. And ladies and gentlemen, men, you need to take watch and look ladies. Govern yourselves. Don't go stone cold drunk. I'm, I'm just letting you know. I'm telling you the truth. Do not get so stone cold drunk that you have to be in a place where you don't know where you are. A friend of mine said to me the other day that if, whenever he goes out nowadays, he notices that women are going out in groups because they're afraid of being picked on and they're afraid of you know people taking advantage of them. And that was coming from a man. And I said, wow, that's a very astute observation. That's, 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 he said, it's pretty normal now. He said, you know, you go out and you see women just sitting in groups. And he said, for you to approach one of them, the whole group gathers around. I said, yeah, that's good. But are they drinking? And he said, yeah, sometimes heavily. 
where they, they partner up and somebody becomes the designated driver. That's just some fantasy people are living out, you know, that I'm just going to go out and just get stone cold drunk. And, and things happen to us. And you're like, Harriet, do you live? Yes, I do. Maybe, maybe I'm so, I don't know. I, I was, you can tell that I had been, I've been sexually assaulted already because as a survivor of that, one of the things I don't allow to happen is that I'm going to be drunk, that I don't know where I am, or I don't know what, where, what has happened. You see what I'm saying? I make sure that is never going to happen to me. Uh-uh. When I go out, when I do go out, I have my car keys. I know exactly where it is. It's either with me or the valet. And if the valet has it, I have another set. <laughs> right? And I'm never going to drink. Nope. You don't. You can order for me, but when my drink comes, I have control of it. I don't even drink. Maybe a sip of wine. Maybe. But you're not going to find me six shots. One, six, seven, eight. Nope, nope. That's not going to be me. I have nothing to prove. Uh, and I'll tell you why this. Uh, when I was in my 20s, I went out. This is a true story. I went out with my boyfriend at the time. And we were all in a group. There were like about eight of us. And it was a summer evening. And you know how that can feel. You're young. You're beautiful. And you feel liberated. This is before you get married, before you have children. And it wasn't my birthday because I remember it was summertime. But for whatever reason, I just never drank. And they suggested that I drink. And I had, I don't know, they gave me tonic. I, I liked the taste of gin and tonic. And I think they put, might have put a little bit more gin in it. Because after a while, I just found myself laughing hilariously. I didn't even know how I got to my boyfriend's apartment. I was just glad that I was with him the next morning when I woke up uh, and I realized that I couldn't remember the incidents, the events of the previous evening. I was 20, I think I was, had just turned 21. See how young and foolish we all can be? I had just turned 21 and I can't remember. When I re woke up the next morning and I couldn't remember from the place where we were, to the to to his apartment was quite a ride and I don't remember I couldn't remember anything that was the first and the last time that I drank I never did that again when I woke up the next morning it was about 11 o'clock and he had left for work and he called me and he said are you okay I was like no I'm not okay I never ever did that again why because I felt I had never realized how vulnerable I was to that. And I never let it happen again. He might be even be listening. He might even remember, <laughs> right? He's still, yeah, he's still around. He doesn't live here, but he's still around. And I probably am going to probably reach out to him and ask him to remind me of the events of what happened. But seriously, I never let that happen to me again. And I was 21, never got drunk. Later on, I got married to someone who liked to have house parties, and I used to watch my ex, the women who would come to the parties at our home, I used to watch him control how much liquor they drank, and he used to say, because they will get attacked. I'm, I was married to the most horrible man, and I remember him having a conversation with a young woman once about drugs and drinking, and telling her that it was not a good mix, and he was not going to invite her back if she kept on doing that he said one drink is enough two is enough that's your limit you can't drink so much that you don't know where you are 
but I never let that happen to me again. And that is how I know that it's a dangerous walk for a woman to put herself in. Think about that. Six shots of vodka led to a rape. We need to have this conversation. We should have this conversation with our daughters, our nieces, your girlfriends, your wives, your exes, your sisters, the girl at work, the woman at work next to your cubicle. When you get to know folks and you know them well, just ask them. Just call them and ask them. Just text them and just ask them. Has this ever happened to you? You'd be surprised. If you were to ask some of your female relatives, you're probably maybe it's not a good idea because you're probably going to be shocked at what they tell you. Right? It's a serious thing, right? Ladies and gentlemen, it's a serious thing. None of us should become so drunk that we can't drive, that you end up on the wrong way on the freeway, and that you don't even know how you got to someone's hotel room. And when I read her story, I kept saying to myself, then if you were so drunk, how are you, how come the, 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 your memory of the incident is so clear that you know you had six shots of vodka? You know that he took your press bath and you went to the hotel room and you know that he called you and invited you back and you went. So how drunk were you really? Right? Were you drunk or what was going on in your mind or you felt like, well, I didn't have control over myself, so I couldn't have given consent, which begs the question, when a woman is drunk and she has sex with you, has she given consent? Is she aware that she has given consent or not? Think about it, right? You might think it enhances the mood. It makes her more liberal. So she will do more, you know, do things that it makes her uninhibited. So you're going to have great uninhibited sex, not bound by boundaries and mores and customs. But think about it. What is she going to feel like tomorrow morning when she wakes up? Right? Food for thought, isn't it? Food for thought. Yep. Food for thought. This is Harriet Kemet. This has been our show. This is Down to Earth. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure you join me again on Down to Earth. Submit your questions to us. You can always send me an email at info at you can always find me on the web, message me on social media, and make sure you tune into our podcast. Subscribe, tell your friends about us, subscribe. I appreciate your support and buy my books on Amazon as well as on <laughs> on Amazon as well as on Barnes and Noble. Thank you so much, everybody. Today is Wednesday. Have a glorious day. Be blessed, everybody. Thanks so much for joining. Thank you, everyone who has been a part of our broadcast and who has made this broadcast possible. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much. I appreciate the support. Go to my website, harrykemmer.com. Thanks, everyone. Be blessed. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.